Hear your favorite NFL legends sharing their stories and insights every week right here on Thursday Night Tailgate with Chris Mascaro and Bob Lazari. Take it away, guys. There's no way out. And now back with us here on Thursday Night Tailgate is Danielle McCartan. Danielle is a uh, high school Italian teacher and volleyball coach by day and a sports writer plus radio and TV host by night. You can find her on prosportsrundown.com and her broadcast over on pscp.tv and Radio 90.3 FM up in New York. And we are very glad that she is back with us again tonight here on Thursday Night Tailgate. Hey, Danielle, Chris, and Bob, thanks for coming back on the show. Nice to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Chris and Bob, how are you guys? Oh, Great. fantastic, thank you. So, Danielle, I want to start off our time with you tonight by getting your thoughts on uh, on your New York Jets. This is a team that uh, it seemed like the front office was setting up to fail, thinking they'd get the top pick in the draft next year, and it's sort of almost like a setup for the movie of Major League. Yet, you know, here they are, one game under 500, and in the AFC. And Bob mentioned this, you know, at the earlier on in the show. Outside of the four division leaders, there are only two other teams in the AFC better than the Jets right now. So what are your thoughts on what we're seeing from them this season? It's the worst possible scenario for the Jets. Um, I think uh, this, this is a team that can't even tank correctly, and I think it's going to come back and <laughs> kind of bite them uh, in the draft for sure because where they are, like you said, they're, they're midway. They're middle of the pack. And it's, it always seems to be that way that the Jets – who are in dire need of a franchise quarterback, never seem to uh, get the, the high enough draft pick to get one. And, you know, to that point, Danielle, it's interesting. You know, you, you take a look at a guy like Josh McCown, you know, and he, he's, he's certainly not a great quarterback, but he's 12th in the league in passing yards, 10th in the quarterback rating, you know, which means he's better than about two-thirds of the starting quarterbacks in the league. You're right. They need a, they need a franchise guy. Certainly it, it feels like. They don't have any faith in Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg, two guys that they've you know recently drafted towards the top of the draft. So, so what do they do? Is, is this a, you know is this a team that tries to make another move to get you know higher up potentially in the draft to get a franchise quarterback? Do they think maybe McCown can be a guy for a couple of more years and, and you know maybe bring in a fr- another free agent kind of guy, maybe a Kirk Cousins if he's available? Where do you see them going with the quarterback position? Oh, my God. I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but I, I'd like to point out that Josh McCown, I think he, he signed a one-year deal. I think he's 38 years old. Uh, he's just I looked at his stats before. He's just having just one of those fluke seasons. He's got 15 seasons in the NFL, and this year is the second-best rating he's ever had, a 96.1 uh, quarterback rating, but he's only an 80.2 for his career. So, uh, no, Josh McCown is, isn't the answer for the Jets. He's not the answer. Um, we all know that this is a quarterback-centered league. The Jets are looking for a stud. Who can remember the last one that they had? I mean, I guess maybe Chad Pennington might have been it until he got hurt. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. They have plenty of cap space, so a Kirk Cousins uh, would be an option, but I don't see him leaving the Redskins, especially uh, if they do make the playoffs this year. Uh, I mean, I don't know. And Mike, and Mike McCagnan, GM of the Jets, is one of those guys that likes to, you know, sit back in a draft and, and, and pile his draft picks. He's not one of those guys that's going to trade up and, and go get him. Um, and, and the Jets are certainly in a position where they would need to trade up and go get a guy like, like Darnold or, or Rosen in this draft, the two high, highest lauded quarterbacks in the draft. So, I mean, like I said, they, they are in a, a, a position, a, a bad position. I guess one a position that they didn't think they were going to be in at the beginning of this season. And, uh, I mean, your guess is as good as mine, but 
Uh, I think the NFL is such a quarterback-centered league that I think that they should be looking quarterback in this draft because you're looking at Carson Wentz and the Eagles. They're, they're at the top, Brady and the Patriots, Goff and the Rams. But look how terrible the Packers are with Rodgers is out. So what I'm trying to say is the Jets need to get a quarterback, and they need one in the worst way. And, and Goff, he's leading the Rams. He's, they're 6-2 and two this year. They were 4-12 and 12 last year. Of course, it's not only him, it's the new coach, too. But, come on, he, he's got a lot to do with it. The Jets need a quarterback, and they need one now. And it's not McCown. Bob, questions for Danielle? Uh, thanks again for joining us, Danielle. It's always an honor to speak with you. And uh, more on the Jets. Uh, Chris and I, we were talking at the beginning of the year. Talk about a lame duck coach, Todd Bowles. It was it was almost a gimme, Danielle, that they were going to go 3-13, and 13, if that, and Bowles was going to be let go. Now, they've already exceeded anyone's expectations. And uh, so what does that do with Bowles? I mean, I think everyone was planning on not having him back. Uh, obviously, he's doing a better than average job. So what do you uh, foresee with the future of Todd Bowles? I mean, based on his performance this year, I think you got to keep him, honestly. I mean, I looked at their remaining games, and I'm projecting the Jets to finish 7-9, and nine. Maybe a game will swing their way, 8-8. Eight and eight. And remember, they did have three games where they were leading into, I believe, the fourth quarter, definitely in the second half, and they just blew the lead. So, you know, this is this is not over yet with these Jets. So I think you got to keep Bowles, maybe a one-year or two-year deal, um, uh, and, and just hope that in the draft that they could they could excel and, and, and address their needs at quarterback and at cornerback and on defense. I mean, I think he's coached well enough. I, they got rid of all of their their uh, their veterans, and I think maybe this is now Bowles' team. He's got the younger players buying into him and and his theory, and and I just think you got to give him another shot. I really do. And I was one of those guys or one of those people calling for his head at the beginning of the season, the end of last season. But you know, he's got these young guys playing for him, and and that's the mark of a good coach, motivating the guys and and not letting them hear all all the. The predictions of three and twelve, and look here they are at four and five. And my prediction seven and nine, possibly even eight and eight by the end of this by the end of the season. So keep them. And being New York based like you are, Danielle, <clears throat> this hasn't been an incredible week talking. Let's talk about the other side of the Meadowlands. There, that nightmare that's uh, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the New York Giants. You've heard it all this week. I've been reading the New York papers like I normally do. If you watched that game last week, Danielle, that was the first game I've seen in a long time where a team just quit. I hate to use that, like I said, but they just quit. That's usually a sign of a coach that's on his way out, but uh, what's going to become of this franchise? To to think that they have one of the most anemic offenses in the league, I mean, they've had injuries, yes, Danielle, but you can't be one or two players away from this kind of disaster. Where does a team like that go from here? Well, nobody expecting that, not even Las Vegas. I think uh, before the season, season started, the Giants were maybe like 5-1 uh, to one odds to win the Super Bowl this year. I interviewed uh, uh, the long snapper, Zach Diossi, uh, in, uh, not training camp, in, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, the preseason, in, in the preseason practices. And, and it was like, the message he gave me, it was it was Super Bowl or bust. And now let's fast forward, we're, we're eight weeks in. And Giants fans are not used to seeing this disarray firsthand. I mean, there's anonymous sources speaking out against the coach. There's fines. There's uh, no-shows for practice, calls for a backup quarterback. That seems a lot jet-like, you know, for these Giants. And like you said, the, Gi- the Giants are 28th in overall offense in the NFL, 28th out of 32 teams. Uh, 30th, though, on defense. 
That's a defense that they just spent $200 million on. It's astounding. I just think that the Giants are in a bad way. I think their coach, for sure, needs to go. I think Ben McAdoo needs to go. But, but furthermore, and I, I have been outspoken about this from the beginning, Jerry Reese should have gone two years ago. They should have let him go when he did not address their number one issue, even last year, which was the offensive line in this year's draft. He didn't even so much sneeze at it. So, you know, this, this to me is like a team with no plan, a coach that's in over his head, a coach that doesn't know what he's doing, and it doesn't. It, it gets exacerbated by the fact that the Giants were were expected to win the Super Bowl this year, at least get there. I mean, you saw Brandon Marshall; he picked the Giants because he he thought they were a legitimate contender. And, and oh, how the tides are turned! Giants are one and seven, and it's just a mess. So, Danielle, you talk about, you know, potentially seeing a backup quarterback, right, Davis Webb. Could we could we be seeing, you know, Eli Manning being set down, you know, for, you know, significant time, maybe even missing starts now, having his consecutive start uh, streak broken in favor of Davis Webb? Do you think that's the way they got to go just to see what they have in this kid? This is the great New York debate. Uh, I was on my show a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now, and I was saying – that I, and I got slammed for this. And I said that once the Giants are mathematically eliminated from any sort of any playoff contention, why are you going to keep Eli Manning out there? The guy is an older quarterback. Uh, why are you going to keep him out there and risk injury, a season-ending, career-ending e- injury to, to a guy like that with an offensive line that does their best imitation of Swiss cheese every single week? It's time to see. See, look, the Giants are 1-7 one in, one in now. Uh, they're contending for the number one or two pick in the draft overall. you got to give a guy like Davis Webb, who they drafted last year. We know, First of all, we know next on the depth chart is Geno Smith. We know what he can do. Why don't you see what Davis Webb can do in a real game situation with real prep and everything? And, and if he's got what you need, then you circumvent the quarterback in the draft or you pick the quarterback and trade him. But if you don't know what Davis Webb can do, you don't know what you're going to do when draft time comes. Do you keep two stud quarterbacks? I mean, what do you do? So I'm from the school of thought that, that you give Davis Webb a chance, you see what he can do, and if you don't like what you see, you trade him and draft a quarterback. And you keep Geno Smith as a, uh, as a safety blanket. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but you keep Geno Smith, and, that, and that's what you do. Danielle, I want to switch gears on you a little bit over to baseball, and let's uh, talk get some thoughts uh, from you on the Yankees. Bob and I, you know, you know, way back at the beginning of baseball season, thought maybe they were a third place team. You know, now obviously they make it all the way to the seventh game of the ALC, ALCS, and then oh, by the way, they let Joe Girardi go, which on some level is a head scratcher. Were you surprised? By that move, or were there whispers in the wind up there in New York about you know his relationship with the players and and that not going well, and uh, you know whether he had some issues with the front office, and regardless of what happened this year, probably outside of winning a World Series, that he was going to go. I, from the school, thought that I believe that they had this plan set in motion way before the Yankees made this this miraculous run, quote unquote miraculous run. Um, I, I, you know, and, and with that being said, I'm still kind of surprised that, that that you let a guy like Joe Girardi go. He has had the uh, the most uh, second best winning percentage uh, since I think it was 2008. The only person better than him with more wins than him was Joe Madden of the Cubs. I mean, 
you know, the guy has such uh, young talent. He cultivated them all. He got them playing together. You know, he he's another example of a good coach. Those guys are playing for him. That's a mark of a good coach, a good manager. It's a shame to see him go. Uh, I think uh, Brian Cashman and him with the front office had, had a little um, – you know, a little conflict. Uh, you see guys like Mark Deshera coming out and saying that he wasn't the most player dude, you know, but you think of great coaches. I, I consider Bill Parcells one of the great coaches. I consider Bill Belichick one of the, the greatest coaches ever. Do you think those guys worried about how they, they interacted with their players? I mean, you got Bill Parcells. I, I interviewed, what's his name, uh, Lawrence Taylor, who was in the inner circle, quote-unquote, with, with Bill Parcells, and he called him, I'm not going to say it on here, but he called him a word that starts with an A and ends with a hole. <laughs> I mean, who cares? <laughs> if the guy produces wins, then, then, then he, and he's all poised to, to take the, the, uh, the World Series next year. He got them. He exceeded expectations this year. Why on earth would you let him go? I just don't get it. I really just don't get it. Bob, one more for Danielle before we let her go. I just stay right on that same topic, Daniel. I'm with you. I, I I've been watching baseball, following it such a long time, and for this to come, ironically, there's so much irony here, Daniel, because he probably had, not probably, he did his best managing op ever <clears throat> this year, and ironically, the guy probably should be the manager of the year, and he's fired. That is, it is beyond my my scope. I can't. I'm, we're hearing all the politics from the New York papers. He wasn't an analytics guy. He didn't communicate guy. After the trade deadline, he didn't get those younger guys to to really, uh, he didn't communicate with. I mean, it's such garbage. It all comes down to winning. And um, I, again, I like the guy. I think he's tremendous and he'll do good wherever he is. But basically, the Yankees are looking at it like one championship in 10 years. But this is a guy, again, was supposed to be a 500 team going into the season. He gets them to the ALCS, uh, does his best. I, I just don't understand it and never will. Nothing really surprises me in New York, but this one was uh, was terrible. And now they find themselves interviewing guys that aren't going to be as good as him. Um, they may communicate better, but I don't see them winning as much as he did then. You know, I, I'm just I'm disgusted. That's what I am right now. You know what, you know what the problem is? This Yankees team I, 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 for next year is so stacked that, in my opinion, it doesn't matter who comes in. They are going to win. Uh, and that's and that's what they're going to use as justification against Joe Girardi. Like, oh well, this guy comes in in his first year and wins a World Series. Yeah, but that's Joe Girardi's team. Like, he had to deal with the Teixeira prima donna. He had to deal with guys like A Rod, all the older guys in the locker room. The team is finally his, and he's finally getting them to gel and play together. And despite the injuries that he had to overcome this season, like you said, he managed his best season. I, I agree with you ever. And and now they just let him go. I mean, anybody that walks into this job, you got a, a guys like Aaron Judge winning the Silver Slugger. you got Gary Sanchez w- winning the Silver Slugger. I mean, this lineup is so stacked, no matter who they get to come in, whether it's Alex Rodriguez or Al Pedrique from the Scranton team, you know, or, or now I'm hearing Jim Laritz. Uh, no, not Jimmy Lear. It's uh, John Flaherty, the catcher. John Flaherty might be in, or D- David Cohn. Whoever it is, they are set to win. And it's Joe Girardi's team, and that's the shame. Danielle, before we let you go, remind our listeners, how can they stay up to date with all the great things that you're doing? Find your shows, listen to your shows, and do all of that, plus uh, follow you on social media as well. 
Oh, my God. I'm in so many different places. I don't know if you guys saw. I'm actually uh, going to be doing some sideline reporting for Princeton women's basketball. So that's going to be starting. Awesome. Ah, good for you. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I, you know, in addition to that, uh, I guess the best, the home base would be uh, my Twitter, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, or if uh, you have Facebook only, it's Facebook.com slash Coach, again, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. My website, ProSportsRundown.com. Got a radio show that I'd love to have some of your listeners call into, give their opinions. I'm just everywhere. So, but but the home bases are on Twitter and on Facebook, and then I, I tweet out links from there if if anybody's interested in a in a specific topic or whatever. So I have it all covered. Danielle, thank you so much for coming back on this show tonight. It's always a lot of fun for Bob and I to get to spend some time with you. We hope you'll come back and and share your insights again with us. We'd like to catch up with you later on in the season. Oh, you guys are the best. Thanks. Anytime. I'll be back anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you, Danielle. All right. Take care, Danielle. All the best to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you. That is Danielle McCartan. And, uh, you know, Bob, first of all, you know how I love people that have passion. We both do, really. They have passion in their voice when they come on the show and and share their thoughts and their insights. And uh, no one has ever done it better than than Danielle has. And uh, you you know where she stands. And, uh, you know, kind of tough on the Giants. But you know what? They deserve it. And kind of tough on uh, the Yankees for letting Girardi go. But you know what? They deserve that, too. Danielle is great, Chris. Uh, she reminds me of myself 20 years ago. She's just got so many things going on and, and uh, doesn't have time to, to breathe sometimes. But she's passionate, got a lot of energy, and uh, knows the New York scene. So we wish her great luck. It's great to see her doing Princeton basketball. But, uh, my goodness, uh, her resume gets me dizzy. And uh, we wish her great luck. And uh, can't wait to <laughs> yes, speak with her do. again. Great girl. All right, folks, coming up here in the rest of hour number two, we're going to be joined by Jim Daniels and Terrence Copper. Before Jim joins us, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Gridiron Greats organization. Folks, please help support a wonderful cause taking care of the guys who left so much of themselves out on the field. Remember, folks, these are the guys who played way back when they still had to get off-season jobs to support themselves and their families. It is organizations like this one started by Mike Ditka. Again, the Gridiron Greats that are trying to help these guys that we all grew up watching and reading about. Please go online to gridirongreats.org to see what you can do and to get involved. 